Welcome to the P40 Podcast. I'm Shireen Vishmaya in San Francisco, California on Monday, November 25th. And today I had the sincere pleasure of sitting down with one of my favorite humans and definitely one of the most pioneering and brilliant and just like way ahead of the curve astrologers doing work that no one else is doing, as you're going to hear about, and offering an onslaught of insights as usual um, in lightning quick fashion, which is one of the reasons I love speaking to him. He's also a stand-up comic, so you can, you, you'll get it when you listen to this conversation. Um, we used to write a column together called PSSS for Constellation Magazine, which was one of my earlier projects back at like earlier in this decade, closer to the beginning of the decade, like 2006. And, um, and we realized we had a super magical, dynamic Scorpio-Pisces connection. Um, and so any chance we get to collaborate, and nowadays it's mostly through conversations, um, podcasting and such. And, uh, but hopefully we'll be back with a video um, in December is our plan, because uh, we had a little bit of tech You'll hear we had some tech issues, um, but we get into in this conversation, we get into everything from what Philip calls the crowding in Capricorn to which is an amazing alignment happening in the constellation of Capricorn to new revelations on Ceres to the big influence of Eris squaring the Saturn Pluto conjunction in 2020 and All a lot right, more. So Buckle in and have a, it's going to be a ride. So I think you'll really enjoy this one. You know, I'm so happy that we are reconnected. (laughs) Too much time. Uh, Does, you know, you turn around and think, wait a minute, did I send everybody who's a Scorpio happy birthday? Oh, if I didn't, what the hell? But (laughs) I think out too, didn't I? Didn't I? I sent you solo return greetings, I'm sure. Didn't I? (laughs) I I don't think so. Oh, man. Well, I don't remember getting one from you either. So there we have it. That's because it's Scorpio season all year long for us. Yeah. We're connected. Yeah. I know. It's always like the people that you're the closest with. Often you just forget because it's like you're already, it's not like a special formality. Yeah. You just kind of send out vibes and say, okay, I know you'll get the vibe. So here you go. Here's a blast of good vibes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and we just had a little Marjoranis uh, tech, interesting, glitchy stuff. Yeah, happening. we did. We had a little trouble connecting up with the audio. And um, I'm not sure what that was all about. But, 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 but we're here. We, got, we, uh, we did a workaround. We did and a- that's what creative sorts do. Do the workaround. That's the metaphor, I guess. That's the lesson, right? Do the workaround. <laughs> yeah, do the workaround. Don't let things get in the way like pesky Mercury retrograde. Do a workaround. Oh, yep. Well, it's funny because I was just where you are. You're still in Arizona, right? Right. I just got back from there. Really? Where were you? In Sedona. Oh, of course you were. Teaching a retreat. Yeah. Yeah. How far away are you from Sedona? Say that again? How far away are you from Sedona? Oh, we're probably a good four, four and a half hours from Sedona. Okay, yeah. I thought you were. And, oh, and of course, Sedona doesn't have internet because, you know, the cosmic vibes are too intense for it. I'm just kidding. Sedona has fine internet. No, they don't. That's why we couldn't do our meeting until today. 
<laughs> they do not have internet there. I mean, whatever they have, which is kind of nice. I mean, you really don't get signals there. Yeah, yeah, I know it can be it can be strange. It seems like every time I go into Sedona, you know, well, the, the last time was with a film festival, and it's such a saturation, you don't have a chance to think anything cosmic. I mean, you're just in what you're in, and I guess that's cosmic, kind of being present in, in the moment. I guess that's what that is. I, yeah, you don't really have a choice other than to be in the moment in Sedona. I'm actually missing, I did feel a huge frequency drop coming back, and I'm like, whoa, more than ever. I've been there quite a few times, but I don't know what's happening, and I was going to ask you about that. If you felt like there's something, because you're a little bit closer on an ongoing basis, if you kind of sense there's a big frequency shift happening, or I, I just was really. No, I, I think that yeah. I think that with everything that's happening happening planetarily, there's a there's a big frequency shift. I mean, obviously, right now we just had Jupiter and Venus on the galactic center, and oh, by the way, we have Ixion on the galactic center too. Wait, now there, that, you got to explain what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll hold on just a sec. But all of these have technically passed the galactic center, so that could account for the letdown. You know, and, and when you have any planet on the galactic center, the universe is pinging the top of your head saying, you know what, it's time for a download. What you need to do is don't think about anything that you know, just sit down, hear what comes to you, and without thinking about it, just write it down. Write it down. That's all you got to do. Write it down. It may not even make sense to you for six weeks, but if you go back and read what you dropped in your little moleskin six to nine weeks later, it's going to be something very sensical, and you're going to go, oh, my God, look at what kind of information I just got. And there's that. And, you know, we're pre-holiday, so right now everybody is kind of shifting gears, getting into that mode, and then everybody is sort of feeling this impending, oh my God, Jupiter's going to be in Capricorn in no time. In fact, I have a post coming out a little bit later today uh, about uh, crowded in Capricorn is what I'm calling it. Because we're going to have um, Jupiter running Capricorn, Venus goes into Capricorn in about hours. So then we'll have Ceres, the South Node, Saturn, Pluto, and oh wait, there's more. Fullus, the Centaur is there. And it won't be too long before we start getting the personal planets. The sun will be there, Mercury will be there, and in February, Mars will be there, driving everything home that's happening in the next month with all of this Capricorn stuff. And if you looked at what's happening in the middle of January, my, oh my, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. <laughs> and uh, collectively, it's going to be one of the biggest times, I think, that we've seen in a, in a while. So I, I think that that letdown that we're that we might be feeling right now it's sort of like wait did I just miss something? I think that feeling is the anticipation of the aspects that are yet to come. I thought you said crowdfunding in Capricorn at first, which would be a crowdfunding good crowdfunding in Capricorn. You know, it's really funny. I'm trying to work with a guy on a crowdfunding campaign. Actually, I, I don't like crowdfunding personally. Um, but this guy wants to raise an obscene amount of money. When I say obscene, that means more than we'll probably raise um, to try to get a film project going. And, and so, yeah, there's a lot of Capricorn out there. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I mentioned in my post today is <laughs> Venus is in Capricorn. Jupiter is going to be in Capricorn before you know it in a few days. 
Yeah. And everybody's going to be sitting there going, oh, man, nobody's going to get me what I want for Christmas. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Capricorn's all about the deprivation, the Saturn. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so here's the antidote. Yeah. Buy it for yourself. <laughs> but here's, here's the Love thing. Given that you have Saturn in Capricorn and Jupiter in Capricorn, it's got to actually grow corn. It's got to be something that's worthwhile. It's got to be something that kind of kicks your evolution can down the road a bit. Otherwise, you know, you're just buying toys. Right. Yeah, this is not. So if you're if you got something you really want to get, then go get it. Yeah. Go it, get it. Nobody else will get it for you. That's right. Well, that's the big shift, I think, from Jupiter and Santa Claus. Yes. Yes. And here's another thing too. If you feel excluded, oh, I didn't get what I wanted. Well, that's because Eris is going to be squared by Pluto and Saturn and Ceres and Jupiter and pretty much everything this year. But more significant, the most significant thing is the Saturn and Pluto to Eris. And it's like, and when Jupiter gets there too, it's like, this is, you know, it, it's not about being an outsider. It's about being included. It's about seeking the inclusion that you want. It's up to you. There's right. a there's a certain level of um, personal responsibility with Eris and also Sedna too, the other new big dwarf planet that people should be including in all of their horoscopes. You know, it's 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 largely what you do. You know, you can decide to be included. You can include yourself in things that really serve you, and you can exclude yourself from things that don't. You know, I always recommend with um, an heiress transit, call the things from your life that don't that don't do anything for you. You know, if it, if it doesn't work to belong to the country club, I mean, if you don't like golf, why are you there? I mean, the steak better be really good. Oh my God, did I say steak? Um, well, the vegan steak is what I meant. <laughs> Wait, now, so what you you had mentioned? Gosh, okay, so you just covered. This is why you're one of my favorite people to talk to because you just covered about twenty eighty-five topics, interesting topics in like two seconds. Um, I'm like, which now, what should we pick up on? Wait, what was the, the very first question I asked? You said we get back to that. Maybe we should go back to that one. I don't remember. You said something. I didn't even know what you said. I was talking about uh, Jupiter and Venus to the galactic center. That I understood, but you mentioned some, I think you mentioned one of those outer, one of your plant, you know, bodies that I don't know about. Um, did I, I mentioned, oh, Pholus. Fullest yeah, I about, okay, Fullest. I don't know about this. Yeah, tell me. Fullest. Yeah, Fullest is a centaur. And he was kind of a wise and just centaur. He just, and just, he just went into Capricorn. I mean, he's at 059 right now. And he, uh, mm -hmm. he lived in a cave and he was wise and just, like Chiron. You know, there were very few centaurs that had redeeming social value, but he was one. And Hercules went to visit him. And when Hercules visited, he cooked meat for Hercules, ate it raw himself. But then when Hercules said that he was thirsty, the only thing he had to drink was sacred wine that Dionysus gave him. So they uncorked the sacred wine without being sacred. And all of the centaurs came charging the cave and wanting their share of the wine because centaurs could get contact high with, with smell. And Hercules had to repel the centaurs with his arrows, which were poison, had poison tips, a poison created by Chiron, and Chiron got wounded. So it was, uh, Pholus was in charge of the sacred wine and didn't do what you're supposed to do when you got sacred wine. Now, 
as full as fixing the food and the drink and everything like that. One of the things that I think is going to be really important this year um, is food and drink in the holiday season. As uh, Follis just went into Capricorn, Jupiter's going to be there too. And it's like, you know what? Redefine what it is you feel feeds you and fuels you. Mm. You know, it Follis often will be an abrupt and radical change in consumption. I have seen people stop drinking on a Follis transit. Boom, cold turkey overnight. You can stop smoking with a Follis transit or vaping. Boom, overnight. Um, you can switch from vegetarian to meat-eating, meat-eating to vegetarian. You can do all of that with a fullest transit, boom. The question is, what supports you and feeds you and causes you to be properly fueled so that you can pursue your sacred obligations in life? That's Follis in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, that's kind of Follis, but in Capricorn, it's like, you know what? You got to get real with this. You got to be, you got to be in the real world. You know, if you're not eating enough food if you're not getting proper nourishment you need to you need to get proper nourishment if you're eating too much food you need to not eat so much same with drinking and whatever yeah whatever and that's another one in capricorn and it's yes in the crowdfunding capricorn the crowd the capricorn crowd and um my god yeah what do you so you know it's interesting talking about everyone's been talking about capricorn now since it's yeah. It's, it's always, you know, it used to always get the, get relegated to kind of the stodgy old, you know, materialistic, depressed, um, boring. I don't know. A lot of people who, you know, come into astrology say, oh, you know, I found out I have all these planets in Capricorn and it's so depressing and I don't want to be Capricorn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Capricorn's about quality control. Capricorn yeah. is you know what, you got to ask yourself, does this really meet my needs? Is this sufficient? Is this wonderful? Am I feeling abundant and, and, and gratified? Am I feeling nurtured and fostered? Those are Capricorn things because it's a long climb to the top of the mountain so that there can be the sense of dominion and, and doing things right and correctly. That's what Capricorn is really all about. I mean, it's, it's, it's resourcefulness. It's not the denial of Saturn's in Capricorn. So you sit there and say, Saturn in Capricorn, I don't have any money. Okay, fine. So you just made an affirmation that you don't have any money. And obviously that affirmation was kind of hinged on, but I want more. Yeah. So Saturn in Capricorn says, okay, fine. How are you going to get it? What are you going to do to increase your sense of adequacy, competence, resourcefulness, and, and material abundance. Now, one of the themes that's going to be really huge that we're going to see next year when Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter make their squares to Eris at, and she's at 23, 24 degrees of Aries. So okay. when those planets are at that degree, it's going to be um, exclusion of any kind, exclusion of any kind. And one of the themes that will be in the, the, the it'll be on the tip of the politician's tongues, income inequality. Well, from from a, a square to Eris, lots of stuff in Capricorn, that's a perfect delineation. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do as a society about that? Yeah. So that's, that's going to be one of the things. You know, I do think that with all of these planets in Capricorn, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some bubbles this year. 
as in, you know, things that we thought, oh, yes, the stock market is going to go up to 50,000. It'll be there in two months, the way Trump is guiding us. Really? Um, we still got a long way to go to get there, but you can have that view if you want. And then maybe the market's going to correct. Maybe real estate would correct. Maybe cyber currency would correct. Mm. Maybe platforms would correct. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about streaming platforms and, and how there's going to be a change in the uh, rabbit excitement that there is about streaming platforms. You know, like there's a there's a finite number of subscribers. Um, there's a finite uh, number of quality productions. You know, people are wow, I'm streaming all this stuff. Stuff is the operative word. That's a five letter word for something that probably would be better described as a four letter word. <laughs> and and you know, do you really want to watch all the stuff that you can stream, uh, or do you have to call the quality in it? That's a Capricorn thing. The quality, yeah, definitely. I like the that. Quality. quality control. What do you think about the mystical side of Capricorn? The sea goat. I think it's, I think it's, um, it's got the ability, Capricorn has the ability to go ahead and to perceive the reality of things. And mm -hmm. it's like, that requires seeing the essence of things, not the stuff of things. It's like an open third eye. Capricorn's an open third eye. I mean, the unicorn is one of the personifications of Capricorn at the highest level which of course has that, you know, very focused third eye. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's a, the other thing about Capricorn is there is an incredible level of sensitivity in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Incredible. And because of that sensitivity, you know, uh, oh my God, I am so sensitive. Everything hurts my feelings. So I'm going to build a wall, a moat, fill it with alligators. And oh no, wait, that's the southern border. Um, I'm going to I'm going to wall my emotions off so that people don't see how sensitive I actually am. And as I do that, I'm going to stop breathing, fold my arms across my chest so I can properly squeeze my diaphragm to ensure that everything I learned in yoga class is gone. <laughs> well, yeah, and they they're protecting that cancer underbelly shadow. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and also I feel like that I'm. I was curious. I know a lot of um, this. Uh, the millennials that are born with the triple conjunction in Capricorn, yeah, are quite incredible souls and so uh, visionary and so such old wise souls, like way ahead of their time. Have you noticed that generation? Have you? Yeah, yeah, and and I would I would categorize them um, a lot like the um, uh, you know some of the other patterns that we have previously seen before uh, with Saturn and and Neptune and Uranus and Capricorn. You know, it's like um, okay, so you're coming into this world and you're looking around and saying, oh my God, this world really sucks. And it's like okay, so if you think that world really sucks, what are you going to do about it? And second of all, have you considered the thought that maybe your reference plane for incarnation is is another lifetime um, on a more futuristic planet or in a better time with life on Earth or in an alternate reality where society actually functioned properly? And if that's the case, all of that's irrelevant unless you bring the consciousness of those societies forward and you make good changes pretty much everywhere you go. Engage, engage, engage. And when I say engage, 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 I don't mean download another app. I mean get out there and deal with people one-to-one -one in a vibratory sense 
where there's an exchange of energy between those people so you can feel their chakra alignment, you know what's in their aura, you know what's in their consciousness, and, and then start combining with people and, and fix it. I love that. You know, it's like in the, you got to get engaged and you got to fix it. Very profound. Yes, you have to get engaged and don't download another app. That, that's yeah, yeah, and that's and that's not necessarily the the way that you know downloading another app ain't, ain't really going to cut the mustard. You know, one of the things that I, I feel impelled to uh, mention is right now uh, we have Ceres at three degrees and thirty nine minutes of Capricorn. We have Uranus at three degrees and thirty minutes of Taurus. Hey, I got a new thought about Ceres that everybody needs to know. Okay. I mean, everybody kind of thinks, well, Ceres, you know, she's an asteroid, right? Well, no, she's a dwarf planet, actually. Mm. And one of the things that I like to point out about Ceres is if you get creative with mathematics and, and do some cool things with it, and you compare the gravity, the mass, the diameter and the density of Ceres per capita, she is, she is more formidable than most other planets, per capita. For her size, she wields, um, she wields a punch. And that's why there was so much deference to her in terms of the gods. Now we know the story about Ceres' daughter was abducted by Pluto and you know, right. all of the mayhem that followed after that. Well, yeah. recently astronomers flew a spacecraft by Ceres and they found ice and they went wow that's really weird asteroids have ice how could she have ice mm -hmm. well that led to a new theory back in the day back in the day a long long time ago um, before the Bible started that that long ago um, Ceres was in the Kuiper belt out by Pluto according to the theory so she was a Kuiper belt object because her composition, you know, for years I've been looking at her composition, you know, when I do my, my references to her physical characteristics that I just mentioned, mm -hmm. and she, she categorized as a Kuiper belt object. Oh. She came up, she had the same constitution of Pluto and Charon and Eris. Wow. Okay. And out there, she does not fit with terrestrial objects like Mars and Venus. No, doesn't match. Okay. So they now believe that in the early days of the solar system, she was out by Pluto and Jupiter escorted her from the Kuiper belt to the asteroid belt. Now in mythology, of course, Jupiter reconciled the disturbance between Ceres and Pluto. Wow. So we have a Kuiper belt object in our inner solar system. So that means that all of the essence that's at the periphery, the that way out edge of our solar system, oh my God, look at this. It's, it's now the kind of thing where, um, you know, we're, we're, we're feeling the edge of things way from, way, way out there in the solar system. Mm -hmm. there, there, are, there are now objects in the solar system that are taking 30, 40,000 years to go around the sun. So since 2003, our knowledge of how wide the solar system is has expanded accordingly. And now we realize that one of the planets from more of the edge of the solar system is now in our inner circle. We need to take heed and pay attention to the directives um, that Ceres is attempting to render. 
Oh, wow. And it's interesting that I know. And all of the advocacy and all of the crankiness and bitchiness that she presumably has, this is all about this is all about her um, um, you know, saying, you know what? You got to find a cause. You got to lock onto it. When you got, when you find a cause that is cosmic, you have to live it, breathe it, let it, let it leak from your pores, do all of that kind of stuff. Ceres is in here saying it's time to fix these things. Yeah. We have the vastness of this knowledge from the edge of our solar system. We have the benefits of Pluto, just out, just outside the reach of Mars. So there's a new idea, courtesy of Ceres from Uranus. That's something that can be that can be tracked. And Ceres is going to come up to Ceres is going to come up to um, Saturn. It's going to come up to um, uh, Pluto. It's you know it's it's going to square Eris, you know. And and there's going to be advocacy for all things material and all things about people not being segregated, not being left out. Nobody gets left behind. Mm. All of that. And this is one of the themes that's going to come out this year. Everybody's got to be included. It's important for everyone to be an active participant on the planet. Everyone that needs to be included. I love that. And it's a double priestess year, 2020. Yes. Yes. And that's kind of like uh, 2020. I mean, the obvious thing is 2020 vision. <laughs> um, and in order to have 2020 vision, that means that one must be resonating with the energies of the planets that are that are coming in. And by the way, just you know, the year's going to start crazy. There's a lot of crazy energy in January, and it might be overwhelming, and it might be the kind of thing that causes people to disengage. Politically, you know, in the middle of January, uh, um, there's there's just like the thickening of energy. So whatever's going to happen for the impeachment mm -hmm. is going to be happening in January, more than likely. I think so too. Um, and it's going to be one of those things that people are going to go, you know what? I can't deal with this. You have to deal with it. Yeah. You have to deal with it. Yeah. And if you, and if you voted last time, you definitely had to deal with, you have to deal with it because it's the, the things that are happening are in reaction to the effort that you extended. And oh, by the way, if you didn't vote last time, um, series is saying, I got an idea for you. If you don't vote, you don't get to bitch. Yeah. You know, if, if you aren't participating in the collective, then you don't have any right to complain about what happens on the collective level. Yeah. Now, that also means that each individual must recognize that they're a component of the collective. And again, they got to get in there and do their thing. So each individual is accepting responsibility for their own inclusion. Yes. Yes. It's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be fun. And it's a little bit like it was back we, when we had Jupiter and Ceres <laughs> conjunct. When we had Jupiter Ceres conjunct in late October, um, things really started crazy enough. They really started crazy enough. Oh, okay. and, uh, I didn't make that connection because I wasn't paying attention to Ceres. Yeah, well, Jupiter and Ceres were conjunct. And oh, by the way, uh, if you check out the position of Jupiter in Ceres at 22, 23 at that time frame, that was really strong in somebody, in the, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, it was really strong in his guy's chart. What's his name? Oh, Donald Trump it was really strong in his chart. And it was crazy. That's when the fan blades were spinning the fastest and the fecal matter was abundant. <laughs> Oh, okay. So we definitely have to pay attention to Ceres because everyone's been zeroing in on that um, Saturn-Pluto conjunction. 
They have been zeroing in on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And again, Ceres is a formidable trigger that has this way out knowledge and it's now close in. So it needs to be addressed accordingly because she is antidotal to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Most people aren't going to notice the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Are people going to be riding in the streets? Well, yeah, if they're in Hong Kong. Right. Well, in and are people going to be busting the windows of the bank and taking money out of the cash drawers? Well, there's not that much in the cash drawers. You really got to get into the mall. And, you know, you break the windows, the cops will be there before you get through. So that's, you know, that's not happening. I mean, you know, mass mayhem. Yes, there will be mass mayhem. But the mass mayhem will be on a far more subtle level. And the important thing is that there's advocacy such that what is really happening becomes evident at the time it is occurring. Because we're finding out all these manipulations and things and deals and abuses that were taking place out of sight. And, oh, okay, fine. Well, now be aware that things are happening. Sense the forces. And, and while you're sensing those forces, advocate for solutions. Yes. yes. Oh, so, I, yes, Saturn and Pluto will be there, but, but Jupiter uh, Jupiter's going to be there, too. And, oh, by the way, yeah. December of 2020, there's a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in early Capricorn. You mean Aquarius? Um, yeah, that's what I said. Early Aquarius. Uh, my words said Capricorn, but my mind was uh, Aquarius. <laughs> I felt new Aquarius. There will yeah. be a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction yeah. in at that time. And here's what I think. That will be the normalization of life. That will be the normalization of life next December. What is normal? I mean, it's there. It's, it's positive. You know, as an astrologer, you would have to say, Good things. I mean, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, you know how far you can go, and you know with what limitations you can go that far. Mm. You know what the resources are available to accomplish the greatest objectives. And it's an Aquarius, for God's sake. The world is going to benefit, man. Yes. And, yeah, like, yeah that's the agenda. So that's the agenda. There's still a lot of dismantling, it feels like. There is a lot of dismantling. And, and you know, when we look at this politically, and we go back and examine 2016. 2016 was Uranus conjunct Eris. Uranus oh. conjunct. Okay. And Bernie and Donald both were yelling and screaming, if you've been disenfranchised, I'm your man. Yep. Yep. That's what they were saying. We're right. going to have a revolution. And how well did that go? Yeah. And it's like you can't be a cranky, get-off-the-grass guy and produce global shifts that are going to be contributing in the best way ever. And so hopefully we learn that. But this next year, we have, we have all of these aspects to Eris, who was so big in the election of 2016. And so now we got to go antidote Eris. Yeah. You know, that was kind of like there was a lot of discord. And uh, Jupiter and Eris are going to be, oh, where am I handing cheat sheet notes? I have this written down. I actually had an opportunity to talk to a financial institution on Wall Street about this next year's transits. That was pretty wild. Okay. So on, on, on uh, March 25th of this next year, Jupiter will square Eris. And it will be with Pluto. Jupiter and Pluto will be 
conjunct enough to be conjunct enough. Okay. So at that time, now Jupiter and Eris once got together because Jupiter didn't like the way things worked out in an election. And so he got with Eris, he, he sent Mercury down to the leader of the land where he didn't like the results and said, dude, if the sun rises in the west, you'll go ahead and give up your throne, right? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> if the sun rises in the west, you bet I will. <laughs> okay, so we got together with Eris, the goddess of discord, and together they reversed the order of the heavens for one day. The sun rose in the west, the moon rose in the west, the stars reversed their course, and the Pleiades wept. Mm. And that leader had to, re, uh, had to uh, resign his throne position, and Jupiter was then happy. Wow. This happens in March. Jupiter square Eris with what? Pluto. Ooh, okay, that's to watch for. Okay. Now, Okay. That doesn't necessarily just mean the U.S. of A. Yes. Netanyahu's in trouble. Yep. How long is his trial going to last? Yep. I wonder. You know, what about some of these other people that, um, you know, are causing mayhem and discord in the world? If they aren't including people, the universe is saying, you got to include everybody. You cannot be, you cannot be a social segregationist and have, and have an age of Aquarius. Yeah. That can't happen. Yep. And the age of Aquarius is coming, albeit it's probably still a few hundred years away, technically, yeah. mathematically. Okay. Um, Jupiter, but, but Jupiter Saturn in Aquarius. <laughs> yeah. you know, people but we got a Jupiter Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. Let's yeah. let's um let's go to kindergarten of humanism and the age of Aquarius. You know, I I would consider that kindergarten, preschool even. Okay. You know, the age of Aquarius is coming, yes. Yeah, so let's use this Jupiter Saturn conjunction this next year in accordance with that. What do you think about the Jupiter, Saturn, and Capricorn? I think that um, it's 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 really you know it's a, there's a good time for there's a good time for a lot of progress and a lot of advancement. The people who are going to make hay in this time frame are the ones who downloaded from the Galactic Center and came up with new innovative ideas because those ideas will catch. And they'll be able to go out and talk to VC people and get the money they need to get things started. Mm. Okay. You know, and and you know, people are going to realize, yeah, that that's actually a contribution to society. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll take a dozen of them. As a matter of fact, it's almost like the universe is. I, I sort of see it like the universe is um, uh, holding an, an episode of consciousness Shark Tank. And all of the people who are attempting to lead in consciousness or politics or whatever are in front of the panel. Like, you know, the panel consists of Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Eris and Sedna. And they're all sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, but what about this? And it, it's a little bit like we're petitioning, people are petitioning, the ones who have the greatest ideas, the ones who dare to download the insights that they get from the cosmos and take them forward. Yeah. Um, they're being asked by the powers that be, you know, how does this work and how are you going to make things better and how are you going to get this out there in a way that people catch on? Mm, yeah. Like or the, right on. Structures, the, the Capricorn were these structures that will last. Yeah. And here's a good, yes. And here's a good phrase for Pluto and Capricorn. What's your end game? What's your what? What's your end game? You're in at the end of the day, at the end of your life, at the end of whatever, what good will you have done? What's your end game? Who end are you trying to reach? Game. What are you trying to do? Got it. End and end. and one of the things that happens is 
you know, with Pluto and Capricorn, you've got to think end, end game. If you don't have an end game, you can't get started. So they say. I love that. And I, I am inclined to, to agree with that. Absolutely. And be, before we run out of time, because, you know, I, I can't imagine having a conversation with you without talking about something to do with Scorpio. And since we just finished this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and now Mars is going to tread over that path, I'm just curious what your, what your thoughts and reflections have been. How was that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio? Because you're a Mercury, native Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, like me. That's one of the um. So I have natal Mercury in Scorpio, and um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what what it was for me. It's yeah. like I know that I'm going to be upgrading some technology, and I so wanted to pull the trigger, and I just was waiting, 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 you know. And it wasn't that I was necessarily waiting for Mercury retrograde to pass. I was kind of waiting for Black Friday to start or Cyber Monday. You know, I'm <laughs> buying technology for goodness sake. Um, <laughs> So there was, you know, there's an anticipation of that. But the the thing about the Scorpio energy, I remember when I first got into heliocentric astrology, I was having a heliocentric Mercury return, and I didn't know it. And it had nothing to do with I'm Scorpio. I mean, it was, you know, because these planets are not restricted by the sun sign and whatnot in, in the helio. And I was just aching to write, aching to write, aching to write. I didn't have anything to write, but I was just yearning and aching. I was... This was back in the days of typewriters. I dusted it four times. I put paper in so many times and, and typed nothing just to, just to try to get it. And it was like, it's the yearning. Scorpio is the yearning. It's the yes. yearning to get, to get it moving. We're, we're, we got a moon in Scorpio today. There's, there's something worth yearning about, you know, and, and, wow. and it's like, then, and then we've got Mercury in Scorpio still, and we've got Mars just entering Scorpio. What do you want to do? What are you thinking about that you really want to do that you know you can't live without doing? Mm -hmm. That's, you know you can't live without doing this? And by saying that, do you know that you start dying if you don't do it? That's how Scorpio looks at it. Yes, you're dying. You know? Yes. Yeah. We do or die. Mm -hmm. That's It is do or die. It's do or die and do it good, damn it. And, and here's the thing about Mercury like retrograde in Scorpio. Um, secrets come out. Hey, we had those impeachment hearings. All yes. those emails that nobody wanted us to see. All those things that people said. No, oh, that's a secret. Really? That's why you dial from a cell phone in a restaurant in the Ukraine? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a secret? You know, all of that came out during Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. The impeachment hearing was going on. That was a manifestation of it. But yeah. it, was also, it was also everything else. It was everything else that's going on in the news and whatnot. And it's sort of like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean that you want to do? And yeah. what does that mean that you want to do? It's like, oh, my God, these people are in control and they're just messing it all up. Okay, so what do you have control of? And what do you want to do? Do you have control of that? And if you do, go for it. Put it out there. And don't hesitate. Stop hesitating. It's time yeah. to go ahead and out there well that's you not with mars i mean it's interesting i was thinking about the the three-part dance with last year we had venus retrograde in scorpio now we had mercury retrograde in scorpio and of course now not mars retrograde mars i love how mars is kind of, mars being the ruler of scorpio is kind of the, the finale it feels to me yeah and he's uh, he's um in true scorpionic terms he's bringing up the rear and 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 he's poking <laughs> the rear 
He's got his little, Pluto loaned him a pitchfork and said, hey, hey, check this out. So here's the thing about Pluto. You know, Pluto, Pluto came up to the Earth when he wanted to, and, and he looked around for, you know, mayhem that he could cause and, and whatnot. But Pluto controlled everything in the underworld, and he didn't like people taking things from the underworld. Mm-hmm. Oil, by the way, comes from the underworld. So does uranium. You know, so does copper, gold, you know, gems, they all come from the underworld. But Pluto, when he came to the surface of the Earth, occasionally found a mortal that he really liked. And he gave them things of his of his wealth and of his domain. So if Pluto comes to Earth, and oh my God, there's a lot of aspects to Pluto. He's going to have to come up here a few times just to sort it all out. If Pluto comes to Earth, and he sees somebody that's engaged with their passion and their creative effort without limitation and, and, and without reservation. He might walk up to that person and say, here's a little reward. Here's that once in a lifetime opportunity that comes along that people have to accept. Mm. There you go. Check this out. You know, why, why do people, you know, overnight successes are not overnight successes. And all of a sudden, it's like the Pluto reward factor comes in somehow. It's a Pluto reward factor. It's the ultimate manifestation of the payoff for the perseverance, the sweat, the grit, all of it. The down and dirty, you know, so mad, snot flying, spit spewing, Scorpio rage that turns into passion of creation. Yes. And Pluto says, I recognize that, and I'll raise you a dollar. <laughs> I love Pluto. I have him tattooed on my right wrist. On your right wrist? Yeah. Oh, I've, the, the jokes are endless. They're just not happening right now. But I will write them down. Okay. Um, and next time we talk, right I'll hand, tell you all of the right on your wrist. My right hand. He's my right hand abductor. <laughs> wow. I bet that's a conversation starter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, can I give you a hand? You reach out at Starbucks and they go, oh my God. <laughs> can I give you a hand? What did she ask for in her latte, I wonder? Pomegranate? <laughs> Pomegranate latte. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Okay. And then the last, and this is not the last thing, but the other thing on my mind too is, because um, you're Pisces ascendant, right? Yes. And we're having, you must be really feeling all this Neptune in Pisces. And noticed. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it's invisible. Um, Neptune stationing this week. Yes. How are you? Yes, it is. And in? and you know, it's midway through Scorpio, I and see. it's just there. There it is. And so it's like okay. So I think this is sort of um, um, a checkpoint of the tides. How are the how are the tides going? You know, uh, not to poke at the misfortunes of Venice right now, but it's a high watermark. And then as the tides rise and as the tides recede, that's a lot like creative flow. And how are you doing with that? And when you get to a point, here's a, here's a Neptune station thing. What do you do when you're trying to push forward a creative rope and that rope stops moving? Well, you stop trying to push it and you, and you then shift. Here's what Neptune and Pisces says. Your greatest creativity is in what's capturing your attention in this moment. Mm-hmm. What is holding your conscious attention is where the creative 
energy is best directed because that's where it's rich, that's where it's happening. And it's like, uh, you know, years ago when I was doing a lot of online writing columns and things like that, and you know, you had deadlines. Yeah. You know how that is. You're deadlines. not doing that anymore? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I missed our um, SS. Yeah, you know, and it's just the market's dried up um, basically because, well, don't get me started on that. Um, but uh, but the 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 thing was, you know, if I had a column to write and I knew I had four hours where I had to push the content, but I had this idea that wouldn't leave me alone and I dreamt about it last night, I had to put an hour into that. And if I put an hour into that, it caused the creative energy to expand and soar. And then when I got back to the task at hand that, that was more mechanical, it was it, it, it went really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you've got something that's distracting you, mm -hmm. give it some attention. Okay. Because it will stop distracting you if you give it some attention. And do so safely, you know, not while driving, you know, not while at a boss's clock. You can always take your 15-minute break and go out and pull out your notebook and write some stuff down. Right, right. That's a good point. Um, and do you feel that there's been a Neptune kind of midway point is also working on dissolving a lot of disillusion, or, you know, illusions, bringing out disillusionment? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I, and I think, you know, with the, with the aspects that it's had with the Mercury retrograde, yeah. you know, I, I think one of the questions that's gone with that is, why do I believe in that? Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's not really the question. That's a good starting question. Why do I believe in that? The question is, does it benefit you to believe that? Mm -hmm. And if not, what do you replace it with? Right. What do you replace it with? Kinda, it's kind of that thing that's been going on. So the disillusionment, it's like, that doesn't work for me as an idea. Yeah. And I wonder. You know, it is interesting. That in this Mercury, uh, in this uh, uh, Mercury retrograde and the Neptune, one of the news stories that's been out there is people are trying to push the flat world concept. Oh wow! I know. <laughs> really? Oh God! <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> I mean, well, yes, your horoscope is flat, is it not? Oh no! Not as flat as some of the recesses of your brain. <laughs> um, it's like, no, oh, the world's not flat. What are you doing? Oh no. Yeah. And it's, and it's, 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 I think it's also, uh, propaganda and, and disbelief. It's like, okay, so we've had people come out politically and say, it was the, the reason behind this talking point is, this is the truth. This is the reason. No, but the talking point is still true. Yeah. That's, that's the Mercury, you know, and we got Mercury coming up to try Neptune in the next couple of days, and maybe there will be a shift yeah. in, in the nonsense. That's what I was thinking, and then the follow-up with Mars. I love that Mars is kind of the 2019 finale energy, and I was just thinking also about how Chiron and Aries is now answering to Mars and Scorpio, so that's pushing up the, the heat on all the healing work. Yes. Yes, and, and Chiron Aries is ultimately the healing needs to be that you come out of things feeling self-assured. That's the healing. This is a healing of selfness. Self-possession, self-assured. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Absolutely. Self-assured, not bombastic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right, and 2020 is also the emperor year, which is interesting with Chiron and Aries and that four. Yeah, you know, Chiron and Aries is a good one. It's like um, everybody's going to get a little more headstrong, mm -hmm. and so it's okay to be headstrong as long as you really believe it, as long as it's working for you, and as long as your, your focus isn't to see if you can collide with as many people as possible. Right, right. And I've been feeling like it's going to be 2020 is also going to be a year where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur that's not already an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know what? That's very true. That is very true. That yeah. that is definitely going to be the thing. And um, you know, it uh, it's work to be an entrepreneur. Yes, a lot of that's very. It's a very Aries thing in that it does require a lot of self-starting, a lot of like yeah. every, constant like restarting, self-starting, fire starting. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and, and restarting every damn day. Yeah, yeah, and you have to keep finding that. Yeah, and you don't have anyone telling you what to do. You have to do it, yourself, which is a blessing and a curse. Yes, yes, absolutely. Within, for sure. Now, I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, so I want to make sure we share what you've got going on. You said you've got a sale. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah. I was... I was fixing to forget. Yeah, I want to encourage everybody to go to my website, philipsedgwick.com, S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K. I'll put Just it like, in the and, and up in the upper left, you'll see a thing that says skyscraping. That is my free easing. Get in there and sign up. Currently, I have a sale going on, which will last through this next weekend, like everybody else. But it's really worthwhile, and if uh, I got something that might offer a morsel of insight to you. Um, get in there, take advantage of the discount, and be a regular subscriber because all of these things, all of these new things out there, you know, I pride myself on being one of the first kids on the block of getting out there and and developing some background for it. It's so true. Please you're, not, my you get, you're not gonna get what you get in Phillips newsletters, easy, and you're not gonna get anywhere else. Like his stuff is truly original, speaking of Aries and originality and authenticity, like, You've been doing, you were the first, I, you know, I meant to tell you too, Mercury Retrograde, I found your books in the bookstore here, the Russian Hill bookstore that I didn't have. Oh, me. really? Oh, you had some of these books. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, way back. Way back. Like you're so ahead of the, you're like definitely the pioneer. Well, I've been, I've been doing this a couple of weeks. So yeah, back in the early days, I did a lot of it. Yeah. So we're very grateful to all of your pioneering work. And so, yeah, everyone needs to get on your newsletter. List. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I must, uh, I must rock on here. The day is calling. Okay. Um, uh, I will, I will jump on here, but let's do this again soon. Let's not make yeah. it the next millennia. No, no, let's do it in December. Like we said, and we'll do a video and Philip, thank you okay. so much for your time and all, it's always all your insight and wisdom and just your your energy your presence and thank you yeah thank you and it's always great to talk with you and work with you because you get it and you're doing things and wow are you doing things so it's great oh thank you <laughs> i'm doing things <laughs> i try you're doing things <laughs> uh, all right so we'll talk soon thank you so much okay that sounds good you take care and happy holidays to you and to all of the listeners out there yes all right. Take care now. Yeah. <laughs>